You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Let's eat, baby. This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is, of course, presented by our friends over at DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Most of you know that. Five teams, seven years, classic journeyman, but thank goodness I had that journey because it enabled me to get these CBS and Westwood One broadcasting gigs. I'll be on the sideline Sunday for Chiefs, Ravens. Haven't decided what I'm wearing yet. I think it's going to rain, so I'm likely going to go with my big orange jacket, which is key to trying to get as much TV time as I possibly can. I got at least three good snippets in that Rams-Lions Sunday night football game a couple weeks ago. We'll see what I can get done this week. At Ross Tucker NFL on social, by the way, if you see me, it's just a little game I play. It's just I, I just amuse myself, okay? At Ross Tucker Pod is the handle for... All of our podcasts, we of course did the college draft on Monday, which is awesome because that was sort of the scouting takeaways from the divisional round, which I highly encourage you guys to check out. Even Money Podcast, always fantastic. We did have a best bet between Steve and I on the Sunday AFC Championship game. So listen or watch the Even Money Betting Podcast at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Some good guests so far this week on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast as well. Shield Kapadia on Tuesday talking about, you know, the 11 rules he has for hiring a head coach. Mike Mayock today, the former Raiders GM, had some really interesting things to say about his time with the Raiders and being a GM and Mad Max Crosby. I think people will really enjoy, especially... Raiders fans. This show is all about Joe Doe, Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan on social media. He is one of the owners over at fantasypoints.com, where you can still and always get in on their incredible content simply by going to fantasypoints.com. Make sure you use the code 24FEAST so you actually get the discount. 24FEAST at fantasypoints.com. Again, at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, we got a couple games to dive into, but I do like to get your takeaways from other things going on around the league, such as, let's just start with the divisional round games and what fantasy takeaways we need to have from that Texans-Ravens game moving forward from those two teams. Yeah, so obviously the Texans, um, like when you think about it, Ross, I know a, a, a second-round playoff loss for most franchises isn't like all that notable, but when you think about the Houston Texans and think about the history of the franchise and think about the circumstances surrounding the last few years for that team, Deshaun Watson essentially decides he's never going to play for them again and then obviously has the off-field issue with the sexual assault allegations, so they have to trade him. They have multiple first-year coaches come and go. They win miraculously 
on the final day of the 2022 season to move from the first pick to the second pick. All these things that happen that appear to be negatives for that franchise lead to the hiring of D'Amico Ryans, the uh, drafting of C.J. Stroud instead of Bryce Young, and then they trade for Will Anderson, which at the time I thought looked uh, a little pricey. Well, they make the playoffs. They go down in the second round to uh, a team that's a, a favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. Obviously, there's only four teams left. I mean, when you think about it and ask any Texan fan, within the context of this season and what the expectations were, we just saw the greatest season in Texans history. They've never made the AFC Championship game, so they've never been further than they are right now. And they did this with a rookie quarterback. They did this with a, a, a um, fledgling connection between C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins. They did this with with a running back in Devin Singletary, who I don't think they expected you know a whole lot out of. And and they we have to talk about their run game because I think that's an area where they need to improve this offseason. I think they'll probably be in the in the market for either signing or drafting a back. But the Texans just had the greatest season in the history of the franchise, and this is going to be a team we're going to be extremely excited about for fantasy football purposes next year. And as soon as drafts open up, you're going to see guys like Nico Collins going in the early rounds. C.J. Stroud is going to be one of the first quarterbacks off the board. He will easily be drafted as a starting quarterback, especially since I think they're going to help him this offseason. We'll see what happens with Tank Dell and his recovery, but there is going to be a lot of buzz and a lot of justified buzz for this Texan offense. Of course, we do have to take into account Bobby Slowick is going to be a hot head coaching candidate, and we'll talk about some of the coaching candidates uh, who have been hired and some who have been fired so far, but you would think that Bobby Slowick leaving could maybe stunt the development of C.J. Stroud, but this is a team that Really, fans should be excited about for the future. They're young, they're talented, they play hard. We just saw the greatest season in Texans history. Well, that's a good point, Joe, and a good call. I can tell you right now, I don't know when people start doing best ball. You know, we do DraftKings best ball when that comes out over the summer. I love it. I know there's some others that come out before it. Mm -hmm. I will be taking a lot of Damian Pierce because he's going to get traded somewhere where they're going to use him a lot. Yeah. And he might be even like a bell cow running back somewhere else. You get a guy, two years left on his rookie contract, making the league minimum, that has a lot of tread left on the tires because he didn't get the ball much this year. But you saw as a rookie what he can do on a terrible, terrible football team. I'm telling you right now, Joe, I'll be taking Damian Pierce in a lot of these leagues. I'm excited to see where he ends up next year. What about... The Packers. We're really just talking about the losing teams because yeah. we'll get to the winning teams as we break down the conference championship games. But what about the Packers who, man, that if there's one team that was the closest to winning that lost oh. this last weekend, it was the Packers. There's like six different things I could oh. name that you know, cost them that game. I thought they were the better team in that game. They sure were. But they ended up ultimately losing. And unfortunately, Purdy was bad until the very end when he was good. And Love was good until the fourth Very. quarter when he was bad. And and Jordan Love, as well as he had played, I mean, he has to be sitting still, like, waking up in the morning and being like, dude, saying to himself, what the F were you thinking? Like, on, on that final, what did they need, 20 yards to have it? I, look, I know Anders Carlson isn't exactly the most reliable kicker in the world, and um, I know some fans who 
have fallen in love with Jordan Love as well they should have over the last couple months are much rather blaming that game on Andrews Carlson um, than they are on, on Jordan Love, and fair or not. Um, but Jordan Love, what do they need? 20 yards, first and 10, he throws across his body. I mean, look, it can't happen. Um, he'll learn from it. Green Bay this offseason, the question now becomes, I don't think they need to make a move at at wide receiver. They have so much talent, but the question now becomes for Green Bay, how much it, can they trust Christian Watson next year? Because obviously he's a supreme talent who simply cannot stay on the field, and that's a, and that's clearly a problem for them. Um, Aaron Jones is under contract for next year. Um, I think uh, uh, A.J. Dillon, he's a free agent. They're going to move on from him. Um, he gave them less this year than he's ever given them before. So Aaron Jones, I think, at, at age 30, they're probably going to bring in, I don't know about competition, but they're going to bring in maybe an heir apparent or a veteran backup for him. A.J. Dillon, I think, is gone. So um, I think the Packers are going to justifiably sit here and say, hey, guys, let's run it back. Let's run it back on offense. Um, maybe make some moves on the offensive line. They've obviously had some injuries there, but it's a very good offensive line. That's what I think the Packers are going to end up doing. I think they're going to run it back. Um, the question is going to be, who are the receivers we're going to draft earlier? Um, I think Jaden Reed is probably going to be the first receiver we're going to take off the board from them. But Watson... Obviously, he's the most gifted of those guys. Bo Melton gave him some great snaps at the end of the year. Romeo Dobbs has had his moments, uh, especially in the playoffs, in the first two years of his NFL career. So I'm really interested to see what the Packers choose to do. But I would venture to guess that outside of adding some depth pieces, I think they're going to head into 2024 with a similar-looking offense around Jordan Love. I would agree. Let's talk Bucks. Joe, because speaking of free agents, Mike Evans a free agent, Baker Mayfield's a free agent. The Bucks have a lot of questions. They started to play pretty well offensively, and now they got a lot of questions. Yeah, so, Ross, this is my question to you. We know there's 32 quarterback jobs in the NFL, and ideally there's probably like 18 guys who you're like, yeah, I feel really good about that. If that, uh, maybe it's less on a bad day. I think Baker played well enough to be the quarterback for the Buccaneers, but is the Buccaneers, obviously, look, a couple years ago, they went out and got Tom Brady. There's no Tom Brady available this offseason, uh, but the Buccaneers are always looking to upgrade at, at that position, as most teams are, if they if they think an upgrade's possible. But, Ross, do you think Baker's back? Because I kind of feel like his fire, his leadership – I think he's probably earned it. I think he'll probably get a short-term deal, something that's easy for the Buccaneers to get out of. But I feel like Baker's going to be back. Do you? I do because what's their what's their alternative? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not drafting high. Is it trade for Justin Fields? Like, what? Why would you give up draft picks for someone that's not as good? Yeah, um, and it just depends on if you think you can harness the Justin Fields skill set, right? Like. Oh, he's he, he's obviously more physically gifted than Baker, and he, they can run a different different offense. But I feel like Baker's going to be back. Mike Evans, I wonder how pissed off he is that they didn't give him an extension. Um, I had heard tale that the Buccaneers actually 
kind of use that as a motivating tactic. Like, they love when Mike Evans plays pissed off. He also dropped some passes at the end of the year. You know, he had only three catches against the Eagles in the, in the wild card round. He had a couple of long games that were hit him in the hands that he just dropped. He also dropped a couple of passes against Detroit as well. But look, uh, any team looking for a wide receiver is going to be in the mix for Mike Evans. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back with the Buccaneers, but that's the big question for that team this offseason. Quarterback and wide receiver. Um, Baker, I think, is more likely to be back than Evans. That's just my gut feeling. Maybe a Buccaneers reporter would tell me I'm an idiot. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, Joe, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, perfect squad, perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind. And you know that grabbing DiGiorno classic crust pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese sauce and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Got to have something tasty to wash it down, Joe? That's Labatt Blue Light. I drink Labatt Blue Light. Jason Kelsey drinks Labatt Blue Light. Basically, every cool offensive lineman you know drinks Labatt Blue Light. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Last one, Joe, is just... Your thoughts on the Bills uh, after that loss? Um, whoever you're a fan of in the NFL, I mean, it could always be worse. I mean, it's got to be torture for Buffalo Bills fans. Absolute, utter torture. Um, I feel terrible for them. Um, just another brutal loss. Josh Allen having to try to do it all himself. Um, my question to you, Ross, you, you've seen this team up close. What the hell happened to Stephon Diggs? I mean, over the last two months, like, he's dropping passes that hit him in the hands from 60 yards downfield. Uh, Buffalo, Gabe Davis is a free agent. I think Buffalo needs to rebuild that wide receiver room. Sha Shakir gave him some good snaps at the end of the year, but he's a three. You know, like, if, is Diggs back? Is, does Buffalo trade him? Does, you know, we heard that he was discontented with um, their treatment of Chad Hall, the former wide receivers coach. And then at the end of the year, the guy was a ghost. And then when they needed him at the end of the year and Josh Allen's making darts down the field, he's dropping passes. That's a huge question for Buffalo this offseason. With Gabe Davis, a free agent, Stephon Diggs dropping off over the last month plus of the season, the wide receiver position to me, I feel they've obviously got the quarterback. I think they've got the running back. They invested a lot of money and picks into the tight end position with, with uh, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. Wide receiver is the huge question for me for the Buffalo Bills. I don't think it's even close, Ross. It's a really good point, and I think that uh, I'll be curious to see what happens there. I think Diggs will still be there. I had to look at his cap stuff, but you wonder if they can spend money to get a better number two, which I think would be helpful. Let's get into the AFC Championship, Joe. Yeah, I'll be on the sideline. I mentioned that earlier. It's the Chiefs. It's the Ravens. Ravens defense, really, really good. Uh, the Chiefs, somehow their offense is clicking more now, Joe, than it has all year. Yeah, so, look, I mean, the, they're inevitable, right? The Kansas City Chiefs, and they haven't even, like, I don't know how, look, they were efficient. Let's put it this way. Mahomes threw, for, threw 23 passes for 215 yards. That's 9.3 yards per attempt. He had two touchdowns. It was just the second time all season uh that he averaged more than 8.8 .8 yards per attempt um, in, in a game. 
Uh, C.J. Stroud, though, Baltimore really got after him. He had just 175 passing yards on 33 attempts, and he didn't lead a single touchdown drive. Um, but Travis Kelsey, as as we've said, he was still a great fantasy tight end, but he wasn't Kelsey. He was Kelsey against Buffalo. Um, they they Mahomes and and Kelsey set the record for most touchdowns. Um, ahead of Gronkowski and Tom Brady for the most playoff touchdowns together. Baltimore, though, this is maybe this is maybe where Kelsey comes in. Baltimore has allowed four plus receptions to individual tight ends in seven of their last eight games when their starters played, uh, including five catches to Dalton Schultz last week. Rasheed Rice had his worst game in a while, but again, Mahomes had just 25 dropbacks against Buffalo, um, and Isaiah Pacheco has been exceptional in a bell cow role of lately. Um, the the Ravens allowed the sixth most adjusted yards before contact per rush attempt on non-scramble runs uh, in, during the regular season, but they really held Devin Singletary in check last week. I think the Chiefs' run game with Isaiah Pacheco is a different beast, though, um, than, than Houston's with Devin Singletary. Interesting. What about Baltimore on offense? Obviously, Lamar with his legs, and after what Josh Allen did to the Chiefs, be curious to see if Willie Gay is healthy and can be the spy that has had success yeah. in that role. Yeah, Josh Allen, 12 carries for 72 yards and two touchdowns last week. Um, Lamar Jackson, the first player ever to have two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, 100 or more rushing yards, and a passer rating of 100 in any game. So Lamar Jackson, by those metrics, just played the best game of his career last week. Um, he's he, The MVP is playing at a super high level. Kansas City had a lot of trouble with Josh Allen last week. Um, and, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm never going to sit here and say, is it good that a team doesn't have great players? But, you know, Baltimore, the, their lack of a number one receiver on the perimeter, their lack of a guy like Stefan Diggs, regardless of what we just said about Stefan Diggs, their lack of a guy like that kind of neutralizes the impact of Legereus Sneed a little bit because Baltimore doesn't have a go-to perimeter guy. Baltimore mixes the ball around to their receivers, to Zay Flowers and Aguilar and Isaiah Likely. Um, and Mark Andrews could be back this week. So all of a sudden, Baltimore is now becoming deeper and more difficult to defend over the middle of the field. Obviously, the leading receiver last week for Buffalo uh, was Dalton Kincaid in that game. Um, Khalil Shakir was second in receiving in that game. So over the middle of the field is where Kansas City um, struggled to defend. Uh, it'll be really interesting if Mark Andrews is back, how many two tight end sets the Baltimore Ravens throw out there because Isaiah likely has been really good for them. Um, he only had two catches last week against Houston, but he had a touchdown. So oh, they're going to be able to work the middle of the field where Lamar really likes to throw the football. They're going to avoid Legereus Sneed on the perimeter. Really interested to see what their, their plan of attack is, but Lamar should have success on the ground running the football in this matchup. Yeah, and the Chiefs are pretty beat up. I mean, they had guys, Chamari Connors out there playing, leading them in tackles. They, Josh Williams is out there. I don't know if Mike Edwards, their number three safety, will be able to get back for this game or not in the concussion protocol. Let's move on, Joe, to the NFC Championship game where it's the Detroit Lions in the mm -hmm. NFC Championship game taking on a Niners team that, as we referenced earlier in the game, earlier in the show, didn't really look all that great against Green Bay until they had to. The Detroit Lions are the only team, and I'm sure their fans are well aware of this, the only team in the NFC 
currently who's never reached the Super Bowl. There's three teams in the AFC who have never done it, and they won't do it this year, the Browns, Texans, and Jaguars. But the, but the Lions are the Browns of the NFC. They are a historical franchise who had great success before the, the Super Bowl era and this year um, have a great chance to get back. And, if, and you would think, based on how San Francisco played last week, that's a beatable team. But San Francisco escaped with the skin of its teeth and is going to be fired up to prove that, um, obviously, now that they're healthy in the NFC Championship game, that they're going to make it back. They're they're going to make it to the Super Bowl after what happened last year with their quarterbacks getting hurt against the Eagles. Um, Jared Goff, he's five and three in the postseason. He had 287 yards passing last week, um, two touchdowns. Um, that being said, he does struggle outside. He has five touchdowns to four interceptions and a 6.5 yards per attempt um, outdoors this year. So that is certainly something to watch in Santa Clara, California. I'm pulling up uh, the weather right now um, for Santa Clara, but Jared Goff has traditionally struggled a little bit more in outdoor conditions. That being said, uh, looks like it's going to be beautiful on Sunday in Santa Clara, so shouldn't affect Jared Goff, who is used to playing in California, of course, Southern California. Jordan Love, we just talked about him, didn't throw for 200 yards, had the couple of picks, his first picks in a long time last week, so that 49er defense was able to get um, to get after uh, Jordan Love. Amon Ross St. Brown last week, um, great game, yet again, eight catches, the game-winning touchdowns. Um, San Francisco deploys cover three and cover four 58.8% of the time. Amon Ross St. Brown averaged 3.5 yards per route run on a 30% target share for a league high 54.4 receiving yards per game against those coverages during the regular season. So this is a wonderful coverage matchup per fantasy points data for Amon Ross St. Brown. And I don't have to tell you that Amon Ross St. Brown's a good play for fantasy. He's always a good play for fantasy. But schematically, if Jared Goff can stay on his feet, looks like he's going to have a lot of success uh, in this matchup. The 49ers, uh, in terms of Sam Laporta, they allowed the 10th most receptions per game to tight ends this year. Um, Sam Laporta had nine catches after it looked like he was going to be out for the season, um, just two weeks after suffering that hyperextension in his knee. Um, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave combined for six catches and a touchdown last week. So Sam Laporta certainly looks like um, a good option. Uh, but Aaron Jones on the ground had a great game against them last week. Jameer Gibbs, to me, looks like a true difference maker. Like, he he has superseded David Montgomery. I'm not saying David Montgomery's a bad player, but Jameer Gibbs, when the going has gotten tough for the Lions here in the playoffs, games they have to win, Jameer Gibbs has really become the difference maker for them. What about Joe when the Niners have the ball? Well, Brock Purdy has to be good. Um I, I like I don't know what it is, man. Look, first and foremost, credit to them at, at the end of the game putting the drive together that they needed to put together. But Ross, he is a guy who you can go and find YouTube compilations of his hilarious turnovers in college. And I don't know if he paid the piper or like I don't know if the football gods have considered him paying his dues for some of those turnovers. But, like, his turnover luck has completely fallen by the wayside. I don't think I've seen a guy throw as many interceptions that don't get intercepted as Brock Purdy. 
It's pretty incredible. But the, the, the credit to Brock Purdy is this. Because, like, you either have to be you either have to be a stan or a hater in these days, right? You can't just call it down the line. But I'm going to try to call it down the middle on Brock Purdy. I think there's a lot of things he does well. I think he executes the offense well. And one term that Greg Cosell always said, um, and he, he, he utilized this with Eli Manning, because we know Eli, back in his day, was known for throwing some interceptions. He said Eli Manning had selective amnesia. He would he would forget about the interception and how it affected him mentally, but he wouldn't forget the interception like and what he could learn from it. So he wouldn't be afraid to throw the football. And Brock Purdy is certainly not afraid to throw the football. Now, it helps when he has big-ass op- wide-open windows to throw to, but if you look at the touchdown he threw to George Kittle, that was a perfect throw. It was right on the money, and it was in tight coverage. So Brock Purdy escaped with a bad game, and he's got a pretty good matchup this week against the Lions. Obviously, they picked Baker off twice, but the Lions averaged the, allowed the fourth most passing yards per game to quarterbacks during the regular season. And obviously, in this postseason, they've surrendered over 700 passing yards and five touchdowns to Baker Mayfield and Matthew Stafford. So this is a great matchup for Brock Purdy. Um, Debo, obviously, is the big question with his shoulder injury. But if, if not, Brandon Ayuk... Um, Look, disappointing last week, disappointing down the stretch. Brandon Ayuk has an opportunity to put up big numbers in this game. Joe, you're the man. That was amazing. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. (laughs) 